Parenting Language Lab. Hey team, welcome to the Lending Language Lab. This is Steph Ng, your host for this podcast. How are you all doing? I'm personally just starting to wind down for the day and I'm ready to curl up with my precious copy of Twilight. <laughs> um, for those of you who are perhaps younger um, and may not know what the Twilight series is, it's a beautiful story about a vampire who falls in love um, with a human being. <laughs> and now I, when I look back at um, the Twilight series, I just have all these fond memories of um, a time when I, when I thought this was the ideal relationship. And I was like, oh, yes, I would totally love to fall in love with a vampire. Um, <laughs> um, but all of this is to say, um, I hope that you had a really lovely weekend um, and that you are cozying up with a good book or something that feels comforting for you as well. Um, I had all of these ideas pinging in my head for this podcast, so I did want to drop by before I went to sleep. And so I'm really excited to share with you this first episode um, of the Lending Language Lab podcast, um, which is uh, a kind of a spin-off of the Instagram Reel series, which some of you might be familiar with um, if you already follow me on Instagram. Um, but in this Instagram Reel series, um, the way that we started out was that I just thought it would be really neat to gather some of my close friends um, and new friends uh, to share ideas about uh, things that we don't really talk very much about um, or that, you know, perhaps deserve more attention, but we don't really kind of touch on, um, touch on in daily life. Um, and some previous topics we've explored on the Lending Language Lab Real series include challenging size discrimination in the Hong Kong fashion industry, setting boundaries in a culturally sensitive way, and reincorporating cultural foods back into our diets in eating disorder recovery. So all of these are topics that are really close to my heart um, and that I think are really interesting to touch upon or um, that I think we don't talk enough about um, but deserve more attention. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope that if you haven't already checked out those reels on my Instagram page that you will head on over and do that. Um, so if you're interested, I'm at underscore the mighty munchkin underscore. So if you're interested, just hop on over and take a look. So I really loved creating this real series, but I also thought about other ways to branch out with the Lending Language Lab project as well. And, um, you know, this kind of branching out process has had a lot to do with my own personal experiences of lending and also being lent language. So I think a really good place to start talking about lending language is actually to talk about its opposite. And what I mean by that is there have been situations in my life where I've not felt like I had the words to say what I wanted to say. Um, and uh, there are there really, you know, it kind of boils down to two situations that have been very prominent in my life um, where I felt this feeling of voicelessness in the strongest way. So the first experience, which some of you might have heard before, um, if you've been following along um, for a while, is um, when I was first diagnosed with an eating disorder in my early teens. And during, you know, when I first was diagnosed uh, with the eating disorder, I really had to travel through kind of these, you know, trials and tribulations to get to a place where I could talk about my experiences more openly, as well as to protect my boundaries when I was sharing about my experiences. So at the time of the diagnosis, you know, I didn't really even know what an eating disorder was. And it really took a lot of reading about it and talking about it with different people, talking about it to myself, not being able to talk about it, understanding some things and not understanding other things um, to finally find my way to my story as it is today. 
And I would really say that to this day, um, I can't really say that my story is finished, so to speak, um, but rather that I'm confident that I can make my way through develop developments in my story, um, even though it's not perfect or there are bits and pieces that I still have to work through. What's different about you know previously and now is that I'm more confident in my ability as this, the author of my storyline, as someone who has kind of the pen in my hand. Um, knowing that even if there are bits and pieces that are hard to work through or that I don't really understand right now, um, I can still rewrite it and I can reframe it and look at things, look at challenges in new ways. Um, so that's been quite a liberating and wonderful experience as well. And a second situation in which I felt more um, or felt more recently um, where I felt this voicelessness um, is actually as I've started to brush up on my Cantonese. Uh, so after COVID happened, or rather when COVID happened, uh, I moved back to Hong Kong from the U.S. Um, and since then, I've established the roots of my charity, Body Banter, here in Hong Kong. And since then, I've started delivering workshops in Cantonese to local schools here. Um, and also another um, kind of encounter that has helped me um, want to or motivated me to brush up on my Cantonese um, is that I work with a local mental health charity, MindHK, for my PhD research. Um, and when, uh, you know, I work with them to deliver workshops to people with lived experience of uh, mental health problems who are really passionate about sharing their stories, um, their stories with recovery, to challenge the stigma towards mental illness in the Hong Kong community. And so in these workshops, uh, I facilitate some workshops in English and some in Cantonese. So um, that's just to explain, uh, you know, the other context in which I've been motivated to speak in Cantonese. And of course, speaking with my family members and uh, particularly my grandmother, who doesn't speak English, um, has also been another situation in which I've been motivated to try and speak more Cantonese, to try and, um, you know, use vocabulary, uh, use the vocabulary that I do know um, in, a, in a more culturally sensitive or kind of uh, an appropriate way within, um, within social settings. So something that I found really tough, actually, um, just going back to that, uh, social appropriateness of, of language is that sometimes I find that even if I do have the vocabulary necessary or I have enough words uh, to express myself, but I'm not really sure whether um, the words I'm saying are actually going to fit nicely into the social situation uh, that I am currently situated in. So I'll give you an example of um, a more mental health related example because I find this really interesting. So, for example, if I were to express some negative emotions, like I, I'm feeling depressed or feeling anxious, in Cantonese I might say, oh, or and that's I'm feeling depressed, or I might say, oh, I'm really anxious. So Cantonese speakers listening to these two phrases might find it, you know, you might find it really weird or awkward, or you might find it funny to hear me say that. And the reason being that these phrases and don't show up regularly in our daily conversations. So this is to say that there are words that are technically understandable to the, the person we are speaking to, but it might also make the other person feel uncomfortable around us because phrases like these just aren't really used in casual everyday contexts. Or as one of uh, one of the lived experience ambassadors from the Mind HK training once once shared with me um, is the idea that it can feel a little bit too heavy 
you know, when we bring up these topics in conversation. It doesn't feel like these words can fit into a casual everyday context, more appropriate perhaps for a clinical context if we're sitting across from a doctor. And this was the way that he explained it to me and I found that to be very accurate to the situation. Another interesting point about kind of using mental health language in uh, Cantonese conversations is um, something that uh, bilingual mental health advocates I've spoken to shared with me and that I also found really interesting. And they say that they tend to switch to English um, when they talk about, uh, you know, mental health experiences or um, kind of want to use uh, an emotion word. So they might say something like, ah, oh, sad, depressed, <laughs> you know, so they'll just switch into the English language when they talk about emotion or an emotional experience. So I just thought that was interesting and I would um, thought I would pop it here as well. So in summary, um, my personal experiences have really um, taught me a couple of things about reasons why we might feel voiceless. And it all kind of boils down to two main reasons as I see it. First, it's because we might not have the vocabulary words to express ourselves. And second, it might be because we don't really have a good grasp of how conversations about certain issues actually sound like. So it's not just that we don't have the specific words to express ourselves, but we might not feel confident within certain frameworks of communication. And that's another reason why we might feel voiceless or that we might not really know um, how to have a conversation about something. So. I just wanted to bring it all back to what I hope to do on this podcast, and it's going to come down to three things. First, I'm hoping to share my own stories of learning new words, new vocabulary words in Cantonese and other languages, which have helped me expand my ability to self-express. Secondly, I'm hoping to share my own stories of learning new ways to talk about tricky topics, particularly those that are related to body image and mental health. And finally, I'm hoping to share conversations that I have with other people about tricky topics. And I'm going to include all the mess ups and misunderstandings, keep it raw, and um, just kind of have these conversations as they show up <laughs> with all the, the kind of the, the chunky and the chunky and funky parts. <laughs> um, so you'll not hear me um, kind of cut out a lot of these ums and ahs. <laughs> you'll just have to bear with them. <laughs> And what I'm hoping to do with sharing these conversations is so I can kind of document my journey as well as to help you get a sense of what these conversations on tricky topics actually sound like, particularly if you haven't really heard people talk about body image or mental health topics before. Maybe it's just a matter of hearing someone put it into a conversational framework. And I'm here to kind of try and test out those conversational frameworks for you so that you can, um, you know, get a sense of what it might sound like and then apply it to your daily lives. I also did want to talk a little bit about more specifically to what lending language means to me and kind of ultimately what my mission is with this podcast. So you've kind of probably already gotten a gist of this in um, what I've been saying um, earlier and throughout this kind of intro episode. Um, which is that something that's really helped me learn vocabulary as well as communicative frameworks is really very simply listening to other people talk and mess up and interact about topics that um, I don't have the words for yet or that I don't really know how to talk about. And so what I really hope to do with the Lending Language Lab is really simple, really. You'll kind of hear me experiment with different words and ways of talking about things. 
you'll hear me mess up and misunderstand and trip up over my words and garble my words <laughs> as I have conversations with other people about things that I'm not really familiar with. And the concept of the lab is really that it's a testing ground. It's kind of a playground for me to experiment so that perhaps you can also try talking about things that feel tricky for you right now. I'm hoping to release episodes every other week, so please do stay posted by subscribing um, to this, uh, this channel, <laughs> this channel, um, and also by following me on Instagram at underscore the mighty munchkin underscore to see updates on upcoming episodes. And if you have an idea that you'd like to share on the lab, if you'd like to be a guest on the lab, if you have a question for me or a guest who comes on the lab, or if you just want to chat, you can pop me a DM over on Instagram, or you can email me at steph at bodybanter.com. That's steph at b-o-d-y-b-a-n-t-e-r dot com. Well then, that comes, uh, <laughs> we have come to the end of this intro episode. Um, next episodes for, if you listen to me do these solo episodes, won't be quite as long. They'll usually last between five to 10 minutes. Um, and for, uh, you know, the, the guest episodes, they might last between 10 to 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, I hope you join me for these brief bites of, of, um, kind of conversations and, uh, and things that are interesting, um, that I hope to share with you all. And I hope you join me again for, um, the next episodes of the Lending Language Lab. I'll catch you all later. Bye!